This week on Art on the Air features music video director, stop motion animator, and musician Joe Boffman, whose Crassel Arts Center exhibit runs through November 26th. Next, we have mixed media artist Julia Miller, known for her vibrant art that explores movement, emotion, and nature. Our spotlights on LaPorte County Symphony's Drayden Family Concert on October 11th and opening subscription concert on November 4th. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art. Welcome, you're listening to Art on the Air on Lakeshore Public Media, 89.1 FM, WVLP 103.1 FM, and WDSO 88.3 FM, our weekly program covering the arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City. Aloha, everyone. We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant, South Shore Arts, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art on the Air is heard every Sunday at 7 p.m. on Lakeshore Public Media, 89.1 FM, also streaming live at lakeshorepublicmedia.org, and is available on Lakeshore Public Media's website as a podcast. Also heard on Friday at 11 a.m. and Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP, 103.1 FM, streaming live at wvlp.org, Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Media. Information about Art on the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. We'd like to welcome to Art in the Air Spotlight from the Port County Symphony, and they'll be at the uh, Civic Auditorium. They have two concerts coming up, uh, both mainstays of the thing, the education concert, and of course, in their opening subscription concert, and they're going to talk about it. Of course, we have the new executive director, we should say, uh, Evan Yannis, and you ha- she's been on before, and now the education manager, Jared Collar. Welcome to Art in the Air Spotlight. Aloha, welcome. Thanks so much for having us. Well, we'll start off with just saying how, did the, how well the Hoosier Star went. You just completed that not too long ago. We did, yes. Uh, Saturday, September 9th, it was fantastic. Great turnout. Uh, nearly 800 people in the crowd cheering on our uh, 10, well, 11 really finalists because we had one duet in the adult category. Um, and everybody had a fantastic time. We raised over $60,000 for the symphony, and uh, it was it was a really, really good event. So Emily, you can ask for a raise now, I guess, now. For yeah, that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, your first concert coming up, the education concert, which has been kind of a mainstay, I think this is the 35th year, and uh, I'm going to uh, punt this over to the education manager, Jared, and tell us a little bit about the background of that, what we can expect. Yeah, so this is the 35th year for the education concert. Um, every year we do this, we have three separate concerts for um, close to 5,000. We're actually anticipating about 6,000 students this year from across the area in Michigan, um, Northwest Indiana, um, in grades three, four, five, and even sixth grade. Um, This is a chance for students to come and witness a live orchestra for the first time, get to experience live music. 
Um, this year we're bringing up Rick DeYoung. Uh, he's a Nashville, Tennessee composer. He also grew up in Laporte area and was a teacher in Laporte as well for a couple of different elementary schools. He's writing and arranging all the music for this year's program. So we have some music from Star Wars. Uh, he's going to use emojis and talk about how emotion and music tie in together. Uh, he's going to bring up a couple guest conductors to conduct uh, John Philip Sousa's Stars and Stripes Forever. Uh, we're going to play a game based on Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 5. And then he's going to be soloing himself on a piano concerto that he arranged um, based on some different movie themes and some very popular music that the kids are sure to love. And then he's going to dress up as Mario and <laughs> we're going to play a Super Mario uh, Brothers medley of all this uh, music from the Super Mario's games and the movie that just came out this past year. Boy, this could not get more fantastic. That is, I know. Lucky, lucky students. will appeal to adults as well. Yes. I know. I was just thinking this one goes beyond. My three-year-old grandson would be nuts about the Mario thing, but that sounds like a fantastic concert. I mean, you're almost like, geez, you want to do that for the adults too. So I know. What I a know. day. Well, we want to move on and really briefly tell me what else you do, Jared, for uh, the symphony in your role as education uh, manager. Right. So I'm kind of the liaison between the orchestra and all the area educators. Uh, we have student apprentices, the high school students that get to audition and play with the orchestra throughout the season. Um, and our 23-24 season apprentices will be announced very soon. Um, and then I also work with some of the other community events. We have a couple events at the LaPorte County Library coming up in December. Um, we'll be sure to share those details soon, um, as well as some other um, education community events throughout the year. Sounds like a wonderful program and a great outreach for uh, young people. Well, Emily, let's move on to you and talk about the uh, opening subscription concert, November 4th. Tell us what Carolyn Watson has prepared for us. Sure, absolutely. Uh, yes, yeah, so our opening subscription concert on November 4th is at the Laporte Civic Auditorium. And it is going to be a wonderful program featuring uh, the Hungarian Dances by Brahms, and a couple of other pieces by Hungarian composers. We have violinist Sally Koo, uh, who is coming. She is a internationally known violinist and she will be soloing with us. We also have a Chester Englander on the cymbalom, which is a central European, European dulcimer percussion instrument. And he is one of the only people in the country who plays that instrument. So it's gonna be really fantastic to have him here and funny story, he actually, he's traveling quite a quite a distance to come. He cannot fly on an airplane because he has to transport the symbolom in his car. So he will be driving here and <laughs> uh, and bringing his, his very large instrument with him. Um, and so we're really excited to have him um, and Sally Koo with us as the guest artists for that um, concert. And then you have, of course, the holiday pops coming up. We'll talk about that on your uh, next That's interview. That's right. Yeah. It's a, I know it is a beloved favorite of the community. So, Some of the changes in the auditorium is, well, not matters so much in this time of year, but air conditioning and new seating in the uh, balcony areas. That's right. Yeah. So we, uh, we got to experience that seating at Hoosier Star. People were really pleased 
um, with those padded balcony seats, cup holders. They've got new railings on the stairs um, and the stairs have been rebuilt so that they're not as steep, which I think a lot of our patrons really appreciate. Um, so just lots of lots more accessibility there at the Civic. Real quick, contact information and uh, how they can find out about the LaPorte County Symphony. Absolutely. Visit our website, lcso.net. Single tickets for concerts are now on sale and can be purchased online on our website, lcso.net. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at executive at lcso.net. We'd like to thank you for coming on Art in the Air Spotlight about the education concert and opening subscription concert for the Port County Symphony. Uh, education Manager Jared Collar and Emily Giannis, thank you so much for coming on Art in the Air Spotlight. Thank, thank you, you both. Thanks for having us. And a Spotlight Extra, singer, songwriter, and runner-up on The Voice, Addison Agton, will be having a special performance at Trinity Lutheran Church in Valparaiso on Sunday, October 1st at 2 p.m. with all the proceeds going to support WVLP. Tickets are only $20. Go to Eventbrite, search Women 1, or on Facebook, WVLP Concert Women 1. Art on the Air Spotlight and the complete one-hour program on Lakeshore Public Media is brought to you by Macaulay Real Estate in Valparaiso, Olga Patrician, Senior Broker. And as a reminder, if you'd like to have your event on Art in the Air Spotlight or have a longer feature interview, email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com. I am writer, television, and radio personality Mark Edward Willows, and you're listening to Art on the Air on Lakeshore Public Media 89.1 FM and on WVLP 103.1 FM. like to welcome Joe Buffman to Art on the Air. Joe is a cinematographer, director, stop-motion animator, and musician. He's also a sculptor, painter, and collage artist working with a multitude of media from clay to found objects. His exhibition at the Krasl Art Center will feature the inner workings of the stop-motion process. Sets, props, and characters will be on view along with the completed music video. Aloha and welcome, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, of course. Glad to be here. Well, Joe, we always like to find out your whole origin story for our audience, your background, like where you grew up, early influences in art and music, in your case, because you have both. Uh, I always like to say how you got from where you were to where you are now. So tell us all about Joe. Uh, when I was a kid growing up in um, Coons Lake, Indiana, we don't even have a post office. We're so small, but... Uh, <laughs> I, um, you know, to occupy my time, I was always kind of making little storylines with my toys and uh, having fun creating that way. And then eventually I um, came across my grandfather's video camera and started making little short films and um, using his still camera as well to make little stop motion animations with my Legos. And 
things like that. And uh, the interest grew and grew, and it became something that I occupied most of my time with. And um, yeah, I went to film school, and then from there, I just kept making stuff, and that's what I do today. Where did you go to school? Uh, I went to a school called Regent University. Uh, I don't want to bash them. Not a great film school. <laughs> any any school like that is a good experience, though, to like have some sort of guided. Um, you know, I didn't have a lot of film exposure growing up. Uh, we didn't. We you know we lived in a small town and just didn't have access to a lot of things. So it was helpful just from that standpoint to see a lot of films every day. Uh, Did they have adequate equipment for you to do things? More or less. There's a grad there's a grad school program there at the same time and they had just started undergrad. So the grad students got access to the best stuff and then we kind of got the leftovers, but you know, <laughs> I was still able to learn. Very good. How did music come into your life? Uh I we had a piano when I was a kid growing up, um, and I would just play that. I started when I was two or three years old and just fiddled around on it and took lessons here and there and um, it was just something that brought me a lot of joy. So I, I always played throughout, uh, school. I didn't really start singing or writing songs until, um, late high school and college because I just didn't really think I had a singing voice that people wanted to hear. But, um, yeah, the more I wrote and the more I started singing, the more I enjoyed the process. So yeah, music's been a really strong part of my life, my whole, whole life. And you've integrated that with your work, and we'll talk more about your work down the road. So, mm-hmm. uh, so after uh, you went through college, um, what else do you do? I mean, uh, are you producing? Did you go right into producing your stop animation, or you know, tell us a little bit about that work process? Yeah. So from college, I kind of didn't know where to go. So I was substitute teaching for a while, uh, living with my parents, or sleeping on people's couches, <laughs> depending on where depending on where I was subbing and. Uh, during that time, uh, substitute teaching is great because you can read and write a lot without you don't have a whole lot of responsibilities. Uh, at least sub- subbing for high school. Um, so from there, I just kind of kept working on ideas and writing things. In my free time, I would I would animate or um, just mess around with things I would find. Like I would animate. Um, I had my my dad was a pastor growing up, and uh, I grew up in a church, and he had all these flannel graph. Uh, it's, it was called flannel graph, like Bible stories, which is right. felt felt characters on on felt backgrounds. So I would take those and make uh, funny little stop motions, uh, stop motion animations with those. And eventually, after subbing, I got a job at a small studio in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I continued to just spend all of my time making. Anytime I wasn't working there, I was making my own animations or own shorts, and uh, I kind of got. Uh, kind of a weird fortunate break where um, an artist, Sufjan Stevens, who was one of my favorite artists uh, at the time and still is, he uh, somehow watched one of my animations on YouTube and it had like five views and he was one of them. And he contacted (laughs) me to make a music video for uh, one of his Christmas songs. So uh, that was my first real music video that I got to do. And from there, it just kind of, uh, I fell in love with making music videos. You mentioned um, starting back with stop motion with the Legos. What was the impetus for doing stop motion? Because that's not, uh, you know, like in what age what age range are we talking about? It's yeah, so I was, uh, I think I was probably like 
freshman, sophomore in high school when I started oh, okay. doing Okay, I was imagining like yeah. nine years old, so. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't quite have the uh, the tools at that time, but I got, I was given a Steven Spielberg stop motion Lego set. So that came with a little camera and then that, you know, that really uh, set me on my way for that. Wow. Wow, that's excellent. So tell us a little bit about your work, and we're also going to sample some of your music that goes with your work. But uh, I know you've also produced an album, but let's go back to, like, where do you work? Do you have a home studio? Uh, tell us about your process and, like, how you build your storyline. So tell us all about that whole thing. Yeah, so for a long time, I just would animate out of my house in my garage or in a spare bedroom, um, building my sets there. But it got pretty cramped, and it was getting kind of expensive to rent. So I ended up just this summer buying a, um, uh, I bought a small church that I'm in currently. The, I haven't got to start working in it yet. I've been renovating uh, the space, but. Yeah, that'll be my my animation animation space. Sorry, what was the second part of that question? Well, and you know your work process. So, like, yeah, you know, how do you des- develop your storylines and and your characters are so interesting. So, I mean, you know, uh, very creative. But just tell us about that whole creative process. Yeah. So usually, because I do a lot of music videos, I'll get a song um, from an artist either that I've contacted or that have that has contacted me, and uh, I'll listen to it hundreds of times over and over until I just feel like I see a story in my head that I write down. And from there, I'll figure out how to make it. And usually I'm not very good at imagining things that are easy, so I have to figure out how to, um, how to go about creating what I, what I envisioned. Uh, so from there, I'll just uh, start sculpting and buying materials that I think work right. Uh, I, li- I build a lot of my own armatures. and I used to use more professional ball and socket armatures but because i make characters that have very specific builds i just started making my own out of wire and um yeah i, I don't know how specific you want me to get but you know, yeah very specific yeah very specific I'll, we are this is an art program so we were interested yeah. in your whole process yeah so uh for example characters that i make i'll start with a wire armature and then from there uh that's just animation wire that i get at united art and education you could find it at Hobby Lobby or Michaels or something like that. And from there, I will throw some cotton or fabric to fatten up um, the different parts of the body. And then I'll make a layer of, I just use gaff tape actually to make a skin so that it has something that I can adhere other pieces onto. And if they're, um, sometimes I'll use Barbie clothes if I need like real life looking <laughs> clothes or I'll have people make, you know, I don't do intricate sewing. So I, I'll have other people make those things. But um, also, I'll just use like fake flowers or um, faux fur, other things that I can find in various stores around here to make different feathers or skins or furs. Um, and then from there, I'll just, yeah, sometimes I bake bake heads um, out of uh, oven baked clay or I'll do air dry clay or I'll just use foam and duct tape skin and make, you know, make really rudimentary uh, heads. Yeah, and I'm interested in how big these sets are. And as far as the sets go, those are usually around eight feet wide by four to eight feet deep for some of them. Wow. So, so pretty big. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm trying to think. Yeah, or you know, the scale will be a little smaller sometimes. But I'll build those out of. It just depends on the project. It'll be all kinds of different things. I'll use faux fur for grass or. 
Um, I'll use a lot of I know, of that was really, that, that looks so wonderful. And so does your yeah. moving water. You do the water so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of water with just fabric. That fabric, I've sewn yeah. Together it's so and, beautiful. And I loop. Yeah. And um, a lot of like rocks and stuff I'll make out of just insulation foam that you would find in a home, home Depot or Lowe's type store. And I'll carve it and you, I use a lot of, uh, I don't want to name a brand, but I don't know what else. To, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But I'll just use kind of like polyester, polyurethane kind of stuff to harden it, and then I'll paint it. And yeah, um, something I've really loved lately is air dry clay because I can make much bigger, more intricate pieces without having to break it down and bake it in the oven. Have you ever used paper clay? That's nice and light. I haven't. I should try that out. Yeah, I, anything I find, I like. I like to try to use. Joe, do you have anyone who works with you in the process, or do you produce these all by yourself? Uh, for the most part, I'm doing most of the work myself, but my younger brother, Mike, will do a lot of like character design sometimes, and I'll build things that he designs, or he'll even help me sculpt, because he's probably a little better sculptor than I am, and a little bit, he's better at drawing as well, so sometimes when I need things visualized, I'll have him help me do that. And he's the drummer, right? Right, just yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, he's my drummer. Well, we'll get to the music in a minute, but I, I want to kind of set up and so we can listen to some of your music, and then we'll talk about your band also. It's uh, Vacant Spaces. Tell us a little bit about the storyline, and we'll take a listen to the music. Um, the story of the that song in particular? Well, this and you use that also for uh, one of your animations, I think. Yeah, so I wrote that song several years ago, and... Um, it was kind of about uh, a lot of different things, but one of them being, yeah, just both the passage of time and like being a music video director, you kind of have other people take over your art or your work and um, they kind of enjoy the fruits of it a lot of times. And so it's kind of an, just an interesting, weird middle person to be. Uh, so that it kind of stemmed from those feelings. And then after writing and recording it, I just recorded it in my own home studio I um, decided it'd be a fun song to make a video for. Uh, I didn't know it would take me three years to make the video, but (laughs) (laughs) it was the first time I'd ever made a video for myself. So I, uh, I wanted it to be like, I'd never had the time to like really work on new techniques or use different materials I'd never tried before. So I I really took my time and learned a lot and um, was able to make something that I am. I'm proud of. Well, let's take a listen to Joe Boffman's Vacant Spaces. How vacant the spaces that grace us as strangers while we were still young. How distant that instant that tainted existence and sent me away. Upon the fat of animals that I raised up from birth. I thought I'd sit with kings in their kingdoms, but here I sit on my seat of earth. How joyless I'll tell you 
reconcile my journey What can make it worth the heavy death That I have paid I listen for the music played But all I hear are birds I sent my prayers to go on before you But they fell short That was Vacant Spaces from the Joe Boffman and Righteous Few album. Interesting song. You can also see on YouTube the video you put with it. Well, let's talk a little bit about your band and your new CD release. Uh, tell us a little bit about Joe Boffman and the Righteous Few. Yeah, so I have been playing with my younger brother, who's my drummer for years, and um, we recorded, uh, we've recorded several albums together, but our most recent one is called Antichrist Complex. That contains the song "Vacant Spaces," uh, and it it kind of stems with a lot of you know we have we both have the religious background and a lot of the members of the band do, so there's a lot of those kind of themes and imagery uh, that you would find in those kind of texts in those songs. And you know, I play piano and guitar and banjo and several other instruments on it. And we have in our band we have a drummer, a sax player, mandolin player. Uh, and then we featured a flute player and a cellist and a trumpet player and a trombone player. It was a lot of fun bringing in different people from the community to play on it. 
And you perform uh, live. I know you're going to be performing uh, Crassel Arts Center along with your exhibit, and we'll talk a little bit about your exhibit in just a minute, but you also perform other places? Yeah, we, we generally play regionally. We've been up through you know Chicago and northern Indi- or all of Indiana, Michigan, um, into Wisconsin. Uh, generally, I'll play solo shows a little further out, but yeah, we're taking a bit of a break soon so I can write some new material. So also with the... Um at the Kresel, you'll also be teaching a class on um, wire armature sculpture. Um, yeah. Is that, what is the age range for that? And could you tell us a little bit about it? I really think, uh, I think they're gearing it towards high school students, but I think anyone who would be interested in that would be able to grasp, you know, younger or older, um, the what, what I'll be presenting there. We'll be building armatures together and I'll just walk everyone through what that looks like it should be pretty straightforward but fun sounds fun yes it does are you going to take your uh, your work on something beyond crassel i mean you're you're going to be there what through november i believe is the way i i understand it but uh, are you looking to travel the exhibit and what, what will you experience at the exhibit is these going to be all videos or how's that going to work so at the exhibit, we'll, uh, we'll have, I think, quite a few of my sets. Um, we'll be all on a bunch of eight by four, eight feet by four feet tables set up throughout the space. And it'll kind of guide you through different eras of the mu- stop motion music videos I've done over the years. There'll be some projection of some of the videos and some on uh, LED screens, but most of it will just be the physical sets that... Um, that I've built. And you'll be able to see the characters and see the materials. It'll be a very raw experience to you because you'll see you know a little bit behind the scenes and the imperfections and kind of the junk that makes all that stuff work so what do you have coming uh, in the future what do you have uh, like another album in the works uh, uh different storylines tell us about some of your plans for some of your future work yeah so i i'm very excited about a new record that i uh that just got mastered that i'll be putting out hopefully sometime early next year that I recorded with a band out of Chicago called OK Cool. Um, they're a super fun band, and it was really fun making a record with them. But we will call that project Pocket Boy Solid, and that'll be something to look out for at some point. <laughs> uh, and I'm hoping to do another music video for that project. I just need to uh, clean up my, my new space and get that running, and I'll, I'll be able to start. Hopefully it won't take me three years this time. <laughs> you, have all the, you have some of the ideas fleshed out? Yeah, I have one. Uh, I, I probably have several ideas. I can't make them all, but uh, I just need to pick the one I really want to go with and go for it. The picture that you have for your album uh, with the band, is that what? where was that taken? Is that the church that you now have that you own, or is that someplace else? Oh, that was just another local church for our band photo. Yeah, and then for the album cover for that, for that project, a friend of mine is an art teacher, and he... Uh, and another friend of mine that is a tattoo artist collaborated on that on that art and did all of that. Well, we just have about one minute left. We want to give you a chance to tell about all the upcoming things you have at Crassel and elsewhere and how you can find you on, on the web, on YouTube, and everything like that. Yeah, so we uh, the band website is jbrfband.com. My website is josephboffman, B-A-U-G-H-M-A-N.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Joe Boffman Music or me at the Joe Boffman. 
And we have Facebook as well, Joe Boffman and the Righteous View. Well, we appreciate you coming on Art in the Air. It's Joe Boffman. Uh, September 15th through the 26th, the Stop Motion Worlds of Joe Boffman at Crassel Arts Center. In, uh, and you can also hear him in concert on September 16th, uh, Joe Boffman and the Righteous Few. And uh, take a look at his website. You'll have a click on his picture on our website, and it'll take you right to one of his. Joe, thank you so much for coming on Art in the Air. No problem. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Listening to Art on the Air on Lakeshore Public Media 89.1 FM on WVLP 103.1 FM. Art on the Air listeners, do you have a suggestion for a possible guest on our show? Whether it's an artist, musician, author, gallery, theater, concert, or some other artistic endeavor that you are aware of, or a topic of interest to our listeners, email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck.com. We would like to welcome Julie Miller to Art on the Air. Julie is a mixed media artist from Northwest Indiana. Her artwork depicts explorations of movement, emotion, and nature. She is also vice president of Diversified Art Visionaries for the last two years. Thank you for joining us on Art on the Air. Aloha and welcome, Julie. Hello. Nice to meet you. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, I've known you for a while, Julie, and I'm so glad to finally get you on the show. I've been after you to do that, and I thought it'd be great for you to share your art and art practice with us. And how we usually like to start off is to find out a little bit about our guests, uh, their background, their origin story. I like to say how you got from where you were to where you are now. So tell us all about Julie. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Julie Miller and I am from Cherville, Indiana and born and raised. Went to uh, Andran High School and went to Marion College in Indianapolis and studied fine arts there. And um, after college, I I had to get a job to pay for college. So (laughs) (laughs) I I, I didn't have a lot to do with art at that point. Um, And I kind of got away for it for a few years. I took maybe about a 10 year break before I got back into doing art. And then once I started doing it again, it was, it was kind of full force. Um, You know, it just felt so good to create again, that one thing led to another. And now I can't imagine not creating or doing something every day that has to do with the arts. So to where I am now. In your early, like elementary school, high school, did you take art there? Was your family artistic or were you mostly, you know, but since you're, I'm asking this because you focus on nature. So um, you know, did you spend a lot of time outdoors? Um, no, but I do now. And I love, I love the outdoors. Um, but my family is very artistic. Um, my father was, he was very naturally a gifted drawer and, in um, he could really just look at anything and, and, and draw it. And he was very talented with that. Um, and my mother also is very creative. She's a, a fiber artist and she does absolutely beautiful stitching work. She does cross stitch and needlepoint. And so there's, there's a lot of creativity that runs in our family on both sides. So with that, that's where, where it comes from. And, um, when I had stepped away for art for, for that decade, 
Um, I got my, my mom taught me how to needlepoint and then that led into cross stitch. So I do a lot with the fiber arts as well, too, because I, I like to always keep my hands busy. So I like to have something going on. I find that that working with the fiber arts and stitching, it really calms the mind because um, you really just focus on the stitching and the steps and the counting and in the fibers and feeling the fabrics. And it's, it's a very relaxing thing for me to do. So if I'm not creating um, some fine art, I'm working on fiber art. <laughs> we consider fiber yeah. art also a fine art also. So you're, Absolutely. you describe what we do as mixed media, uh, which is kind of a broad category, but for you, what does that mean? What media do you pull together in your art? Well, I work in several different mediums. Um, I, I I started, well, and um, Esther had asked me also if I had um, taken art classes in high school, and I have. I, I took a lot of art classes in high school, and um, that's where I really started working a lot with acrylic and oil painting. I don't work so much now with oil paints. I work primarily with um, acrylics and uh, alcohol inks, and then I do a lot of drawing and uh, like pen and ink drawings with watercolors. Um, so I work in a, a different variety of things. So in college, what did you gravitate toward and what did you, what was your focus then? Did you get to try a lot of media? I did. I got to, to try everything um, and really expand on painting and drawing and photography um, I did some ceramics. I, I really got to try everything. And then I minored in psychology and I was going to go into art therapy, but it turns out that's not a really big field to get into. Um, <laughs> so that's where I had to uh, get a job. And then um, I couldn't find anything in that field. So I worked in retail for a very long time, uh, for about 13 years. And now um, I work for State Farm Insurance for Kyle Dempsey. And I've worked for him for... Um, about the past six years, and I've worked at the company for um, just over 10. So that's what I do during the day. Uh, and then, you know, also my art. Yeah. So tell us about some of the groups that you're involved with. You had talked about, well, originally it was the Dyer uh, group. I know I did an exhibit with them at uh, one of the salons that Tony installed. But uh, mm -hmm. tell us about your involvement with the various groups that you're with. And you're vice president of that, but some of the other ones that you uh, have worked with. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I work with the Dyer Arts Visionaries and I've been involved with them for the maybe like the past five years and I've been the vice president for the past two. Um, I also am a member of the South Lake Artist Co-op um, and I participate in their shows as well. Um, I've, uh, with, with the Dyer Arts Visionaries, we also have been partnering with South Shore Arts um, recently, we've done a show at Substation 9 with them, and we're looking to do more in the future. So that's something we're looking forward to as well. Um, and then I, I've participated and I've been able to exhibit and show my artwork at Promise You Art House in Highland um, since they've opened, um, which I believe they opened in 2019, if I'm correct. And I can't believe it's been that long. I don't know where time goes. Um, a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. where the time went. It, it, it might even have been longer uh, that they've been open, but don't quote me on that directly. <laughs> but I've been showing art there since they've opened and they're, they're a great group of people who really embrace the art community. 
on all levels and really encourage creativity. And, and they've been great to work with. I constantly have things on exhibit there and I'm creating new things for their gallery space. Um, yeah. So I think that... Uh, Did you want to, why don't you describe your work for us? Well, thank you. Your process, I, like where do you start? So you've got this blank <laughs> um, oh, that's paper a big or question. canvas. <laughs> That's a big question. It's just, yeah. it, I, I do a lot. Uh, I draw a lot of my inspiration from nature. So I did a lot of plain air painting during the pandemic. And I continue to try and spend out a lot of time outside in nature, taking photo references that I use for a lot of my pictures. Also with, um, florals and, and other things like that. I try to always use my own reference pictures for most all of my, my art. Excellent. Yeah, one of the groups we were involved with that you were actually an officer of for a while that since went defunct was the Hobart Art League. And yeah, yes. uh, both your you and your mother were, were part of that group. Yes, we were. We were. That was a nice uh, community-based group where we were able to have a, a couple of different art shows and work on supporting local artists while, while they were active so that was uh that's where i got to to know you well actually yeah we served yeah, so. tried tried to keep it uh, keep it afloat until it just became almost impossible it was kind of sad but uh you know at least i guess the ladies that still have their meeting uh whoever bought the hall that hobart art league actually owned they're still i guess being allowed to meet there and have their little art class there so it's still that part's still working well, good. I'm glad to hear it. So, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. So um, let's talk about the pandemic. You talk, you maybe touched on a little bit, but how did that influence you? A lot of artists, you know, they kind of shut down and others had a creative blossom during that. And I realize you were still working in the working world, uh, non-art, but uh, tell us how that uh, affected you. Well, I feel like I really blossomed um, personally, artistically, because um, I spend so much time outside in nature and it was a safe place to meet up with other artists in such an isolated time where we could meet up and we could socially distance and wear masks. I really thrived on that being able to, I, I had never done a lot of plain air drawing. I've just kind of always just taken pictures and painted from my photographs. And in that instance, that's where um, I was invited to, to go with a, a couple of other artists and meet them to paint. And I just fell in love with the whole process um, because I felt like I was really creating something special that was on, that I was creating on site and then continue working on in my studio. And it gave me a whole new feel and appreciation for, for nature and art and how I could make it work together. And then I, I find that like during the first year that I was doing it, I was really trying to paint everything as I saw it in the colors of nature. And then I really geared towards wanting to express nature in the way that I, I, I felt like the colors would feel and just show the beauty of nature and all of the bright, vivid colors that exist, not just like greens and browns. So I really like that. And I feel like that's something unique in my style is that I, I use a lot of purples and bright colors uh, purples, fuchsias, greens, blues, yellows to to express trees and forests and that type of thing. Um, just feeling how alive the forest can feel. So you've I've heard two things like 
Um, when you talked about plein air in the beginning, you talked about drawing, and then this this part you mentioned about painting. So, are you um, referring to uh, drawing it and then painting it outside, or do you do your drawings and then come back to your studio and paint, or is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both, and that's a really good question. My my normal practice that I that I found. That, that I, from the first time I've done it is I always do a sketch first in my sketchbook. So I always do a sketch and then I color it in with watercolor and then I do a painting afterwards of my sketches. So like everything that I have paintings of, I've sketched it all out first and colored it and then have painted it afterwards. Um, so I have sketchbooks upon sketchbooks full of that. And um, sometimes when I'm looking to enter shows or things, I'll, I'll go through and that's when you'll see, um, my artwork it, it, places where I've done like my pen drawings is they're all sketches. I've done plein air painting for paintings a lot, a lot of times. Um, yeah. So I, it's kind of like a preview. I do it before my paintings. And then I always like to start a painting when I'm on site, but I don't always get to finish it. The time just goes away so quickly when you're there. But I, I, I can take notes in my sketchbook, too, of lights and colors and things I want to pay attention to on the on the paint on the canvas. Exciting. You're listening to Art on the Air on Lakeshore Public Media 89.1 FM on WVLP 103.1 FM. You said you work with an alcohol ink. Tell us about that, like, especially for some people that may not even know what that is. Okay, well, it's um, it's very, very pigmented ink that comes in these little tiny bottles. And you use just a few, it, it really kind of works like watercolors, except you use rubbing alcohol instead of water as um, what you move the ink around with which is like where you would move the paint. So the ink will only really go where you put the ink or the alcohol. Um, but the colors are so condensed and pigmented. That's where you could just get such beautiful, bright colors. And I just fell in love with it the minute I, I started using it because I've never seen such bright colors that you can get anywhere um, with that. And it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to learn how to control. I've spent a lot of years learning how to control it and paint with it like a watercolor because it really spreads out. It's something that um, I primarily paint on Yupo paper with, which is a synthetic paper. Um, so it sits on top of the paper. It doesn't soak into it. Um, and that's how it retains so much color as well. But you have to learn how to paint with it. It, it took a lot of trial and error, but I, I really love doing it. And that's, um, I would say that's probably my favorite medium at the moment um because i've just been really happy with the results of things that that i'm working with on that but i like to do that and then i like to mix drawing on top of it so i'll do a nature scene most likely and then after i've worked several layers of it then i'll enhance it with um acrylic markers and and fine-tune some of the detail work I was going to say, and again, all of these have been pre-drawn out and colored before I've even started off. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have right. a particular size you like to work within? Um, beach, probably my favorite would be like 11 by 14. I think that's a really nice size to work with. Um, 16 by 20 is, is nice. That's a, a bit bigger, but 
11 by 14 is probably my favorite. Yeah. And then when I, all my drawings are mostly about eight by 10. How does your day work? You know, you, you know, you work in the insurance biz, but then when does your art practice an evening thing or weekends or, you know, how does that kind of fit into your whole overall schedule? It, yeah. Yeah. I, I work nine to five Monday through Friday at, at state farm. And then I try to at least get an hour of artwork in a day. Um, be it if I'm doing some sketching or working on a project I've already started. Um, I, I try a, a couple of nights a week, I'll, I'll get pretty involved with it and spend several hours. I try, um, especially like on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'll try to work two or three hours in the evening on things and then also devote some time on the weekends as well. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, you have to really plan your time wisely, but I'm trying to <laughs> make it, it keeps me very busy. It keeps me very busy. I, uh, I, I'm married and I have, uh, I have three fur babies. We have two cats and a dog that keep us busy. So, uh, it's, yeah, I just, it keeps me busy. <laughs> yeah. Those fur babies I, do take up your time a lot. I know. They we certainly do. They certainly do. Um, I, the past couple of years, I've t also taken art classes at South Shore Arts. Um, I'm, I'm currently not taking any right now, but I, I have, and I was taking them on Tuesday nights from six to nine. And so that was like a nice three hour block I had every week that I was working on painting. It was studio time. And it was kind of a, it was a water-based media class with Tom Torlemke where I could um, really work on whatever I want. And he would give me critique and guidance and he would do lessons and it, they were great classes. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I've, I've tried to keep up the practice of that's my studio time during the week, doing that on Tuesday nights and then either a Wednesday or Thursday. And then I'll try to get some studio time in Saturday mornings too, usually. Time just slips away, doesn't it? I mean, especially <laughs> when you have that weekend and two hours turns into six hours, turns into 10 hours. Working. It does. So it, I'm glad you have those weekends. Oh, me too. And when you're doing something you enjoy that it just goes so quickly too. But it does. That's, uh, that's what I, I really enjoy doing it in the evenings after work because my, my job is very black and white and it's, it's very statistical and it's nice to, you know, have my art as something totally different where I can be as creative as I want. And, uh, yeah, so it's a very good balance. It's, it's a, it, it is, it's a terrific balance because as I was teaching, um, art, I expended so much art energy doing that, that my own personal practice, you know, I had expended so much art energy doing that. Um, it takes on a different flavor at home, I guess. So I think that's a great balance. Julie, is there anything that you would like that you haven't done in art that you'd like to explore? I mean, you know, you've, you've touched on a variety of things, but say, oh, you know, I really like to, or get back into, like you, you mentioned, you touched on acrylics and oils earlier, but maybe like, well, maybe I'd like to go back into that direction. Uh, or I don't know. Is there something like that or a different uh, subject matter? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I think part of being a mixed media artist is you always or wanting to explore and try new things. Like I'd like to go back to oil painting. I haven't done that in a very, very long time. And I'd like to get back to that. Um, and yeah, different subject matters. Uh, drawing wise, I've been 
touching an architecture drawing, uh, drawing buildings a little bit lately. That's something that I, I haven't done in a very long time. And I've kind of been circling back to that. So uh, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. Something very detailed and very, very different and very detailed and uh, structured and not as loose as my other work, but it's something I'm coming back to. So that's been quite challenging, but I've been enjoying it. So um, you have an upcoming show. Um, What kind of work will be in it? Where is it going to be? Oh, yes, it is. um, It is going to be at Promise You Art House in Highland. Um, It's called Turn Left at the Light is the name of the art show. And it opens on September 30th during the Highland Art Walk. And it's from 11 to 4. Um, I'll be showing with two other artists, Carrie Mommer and Danuta Pure. Pierre Kozeski. Sorry, Danuta. I know I butchered your name. <laughs> um, but our the artwork is an illuminating show, um, showcasing, uh, exploring destinations, maps, trails, roads, paths, directions, and more. So I strongly encourage everyone listening to please come check it out, support your local arts. Um, I'd love to meet you and share my art with you. And how long is that show running until, if they can't make the uh, opening? Uh, I believe it will be up until November 4th. Excellent. And you have yeah. another one. Uh, you want to describe the piece that you have in the current salon show? Because that uh, oh, they had the you. member opening and everything. And, uh, and, of course, we saw each other there to catch up. Yeah, so that was, that was very nice. And congratulations, Larry, for, <laughs> to yourself for getting in. Um, I'm very excited and honored to have gotten into that this year. It's my first year getting into the salon show and I painted um, a a vintage window and I painted on the glass and it's in the front. And so the frame is the window frame and I painted on the glass for it. And I painted a field of flowers uh, and sunflowers that are in the foreground and then a wildflower mixture in the background. And then there's a tree scene behind it and a sky and the whole thing is illuminated with a fluorescent orange background that kind of peeks through the loose abstract flower painting. So I'm very excited that it got in. I hope you come check it out also. Yeah, that the awards I think are in October and I think it's running through... Uh... Uh, I believe November and everything. Ish Muhammad was the uh, juror there. So uh, he did a very nice show for, I mean, looking at the overall thing, not just because we're in it, but it's a very balanced show with a lot of different things that are in it. It is. It's a lot different than things I've seen before, too. Um, just a nice variety is is there. Um, and I, yeah, I believe it's through November 4th is what I see. Right. And um, the award ceremony for that's October 5th. 15th from I think one to three. Sure. I want to see your work. Where can they find it? Well, you can check me out on Instagram at Julie Miller creates. Um, my Facebook page is Julie Miller. I also have uh, work locally at promise you art house. Can't say enough about them. They're great people. Um, I have work at substation nine um, in Hammond. I have work um at the Sip Coffee House in Crown Point and in Highland, at Wild Rose in Griffith. And um, I think that is it. Yeah, I think that's where I have 
that's it. That's where I have everything at right now. Well, that's pretty pretty good. And you got got out there. And so I finally glad I got you to talk you into the coming on the show and sharing your art. You know, we've known each other for quite a few years, and uh, it just was wonderful for our, to share with our audience. It's uh, Julie Miller, and uh, she'll be in the salon show and all the other places. A mixed media artist in Northwest Indiana, and she does a lot of things with a vibrant explorations of movement, emotion, nature through her art. Julie, thank you for coming on Art on the Air. You guys, thank, thank you, you so much. much for having me. And come check out our show September 30th at the Art House. Thank you so much for having me. I, I look forward to meeting all of you in person. Thank you. Yeah, nice meeting you. We'd like to thank our guests this week on Art on the Air, our weekly program covering the arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. Art on the Air is heard Sunday at 7 p.m. on Lakeshore Public Media, 89.1 FM, also streaming live at lakeshorepublicmedia.org, and is available on Lakeshore Public Media's website as a podcast. Art on the Air is also heard Friday at 11 a.m. and Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP, 103.1 FM, streaming live at wvlp.org. Our spotlight interviews are heard every Wednesday on Lakeshore Public Media. Thanks to Tom Maloney, Vice President of Radio Operation for Lakeshore Public Media, and Greg Kovach, WVLP's Station Manager. Our theme music is by Billy Foster with a vocal by Renee Foster. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant, South Shore Arts, and the National Endowment for the Arts. We'd like to thank our current underwriters for Lakeshore Public Media, Macaulay Real Estate in Valparaiso, Olga Patrician, Senior Broker. And for WVLP, Walt Reitinger of Paragon Investments. So we may continue to bring you Art in the Air. We rely on you, our listeners and underwriters, for ongoing financial support. If you're looking to support Art on the Air, we have information on our website at breck.com AOTA, where you can find out how to become a supporter or underwriter of our program in whatever amount you are able. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. You'll feel so good about supporting Art on the Air. If you're interested in being a guest or send us information about your arts, arts-related event or exhibit, please email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com, or contact us through our Facebook page. Your hosts were Larry Breckner and Esther Golden, and we invite you back next week for another episode of Art on the Air. Aloha, everyone. Have a splendid week. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart, express yourself through art, and show the world.